Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. So let's start with uh, verse 8. Saul was very angry. Uh, this refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with, with, with tens of thousands, he thought, but me only 1,000. What more can he get but the kingdom? Uh, last week we talked about motive, right? What's your motive? We discussed how there's this constant battle going inside of all of us as men, and sometimes we could be so focused on our dreams and our desires and our plans that we miss God's plans and his uh, purpose. So when we miss the, me- when we miss the meaning we lose the motive. That's something good to write down. It's not in your notes. When you miss the meeting, the meaning, not just the meeting, <laughs> when you miss the meaning, you miss uh, the motive. The whole point of winning the battles was for God's glory, by the way. You should not know that. They're, they're going in and they're praising whose name? Uh, David's name over Saul's name. But the purpose, the victory, the battle belongs to who? The Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord, right? And uh, here Saul's status was based on performance instead of the Lord's presence, okay? So my first point is don't mix performance with God's presence. Come on. David was under Saul's leadership, and you'd think Saul would be proud, but instead he felt threatened by his position, and his position was based on performance. Saul's was. And we all want to be faithful. We all want to produce fruit. But let's not get distracted by the fruit to perform and miss its purpose. Are you with me, men? So remember who we are doing it for in the first place. Who's the name that we are lifting high, higher than any other name? Say it with me. Jesus. So let's not get so caught up in even the assignment that we miss our alignment with God right? Again, we are to seek first the kingdom of God, then all things will be added unto us, Matthew 6, 33. But that's a daily uh, process of realigning ourselves with God, is it not? Um, then we go into, uh, I want to share Colossians 3, 23 to 24, says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for who? The Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward, Come on. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Um, You know, I've had an opportunity to visit a lot of amazing churches and venues all around the world, and I've experienced high levels of excellence when it comes to service, when it comes to worship, when it comes to environments, leadership, and and, uh, even speaking. And I've also experienced a high level of performance where it's yet missed God's presence. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. But the only way I can describe it as a lack of authenticity, okay? Now, authenticity isn't an excuse for a lack of excellence, (laughs) because I've also heard that. I've seen it where people are, you know, they're messy, they're disorganized, they'll even use foul language and they'll call it authentic, but that's not Christ-like, is it? So we can get so works-oriented that we miss the objective. I'll say that again because I think it's in your notes. You can get so works-oriented that you miss your objective. And you can even tell yourself, oh, I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm doing it for the Lord. You might even be casting demons out in his name, but remember one day he's going to separate us 
by the fruit, the sheeps and the goats. And you say, well, Lord, I did this, I did this, but like, but under whose authority? Were you just doing it your way and saying, oh, I'm doing it for thy way. I'm doing my thing, but I'm putting Jesus' stamp on it, right? Oh, if I just tell everyone the Lord said, then what are they going to say about that? Are you with me? Okay, this is just a, a, a realignment uh, time, I think, for us as men. Uh, but let's not get so wor- works-oriented that we miss our true objective. Again, what's our motive? The battle beneath eventually leads to what we breed. That's what I said last week, right? The battle beneath, the battle within. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is or so he becomes, right? Where a man's treasure is, there his heart is also. Cannot serve two masters. You'll end up loving one and hating the other. The battle beneath, the battle within, the battle beneath is what we breed, And that's why we can't conform to the patterns of this this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Then we'll be able to test and see, right? So how many people sing our praises or acknowledge us for the works that we've done or the works that God has done through us, right? Ultimately, our heart's desire should be um, for them to sing his praises, not ours, yeah, but I don't know if you've noticed how social media is set up right now. How many likes can you get? How many subscribers can you get? How many followers can you get? Careful, man. Who are we doing it for? And are they following you or are they following Christ? The message that you're, you're, that you're giving, does it lift his name up higher than your own name? And if it doesn't, guess what? It can, it will, and it must, Right? Uh, Verse 14, it says, in everything he did, he had, this was David, he had great success. Why? Because the Lord was with him. Hmm. True productivity is a result of God's presence. Notice how I said true productivity, not the world's productivity. True productivity is a result of God's presence in you, man. The world sees success as what we can do to benefit ourselves and our name, but God sees success as what we can do to benefit others in his name. Matthew 25, 40 says, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Saul was focused more on his own plan of success instead of God's succession plan. Listen, man, you should put this in your notes because I didn't put it in there. Saul was so focused on his own plan of success, and he missed God's succession plan. David was that succession plan. It was no secret. He was anointed. He was appointed by Samuel. There's no secret that he was to be the next king. And we are called to make disciples of Jesus, not just disciples of ourselves. We are called to be fruitful and multiply. Produce, producing fruit, we know, requires hard work. It requires tilling. It requires sowing. It, it requires pulling weeds, <laughs> right? Have you ever done that? I don't know. It was my least favorite thing next to shoveling horse crap was pulling weeds in my mom's garden because it was like, oh, I'd go so hard and I'd work all day and it was like next day there was more weeds again. But that's life, isn't it? You're like, oh, I thought I dealt with that thing. Why is it springing up again? 
deal with it. And here's the other thing I had to learn is I'd go around because I wanted to go out and play and I couldn't play until my work was done. So I would rip those re- those weeds out as quick as I could. Sometimes even I'd even cheat and take a hoe. But if I didn't pull them out by the root, I just had that much more work the next day. Not only did I have to deal with that one, but the other ones that were growing up beneath the soil in those dark places that were coming up, right? So you need to deal with that thing and pull it out by the root, man. Okay? You got to pull up by root. Well, like, well, I asked for forgiveness from the Lord, but did you really deal with it? Did you really lay it down? Did you really repent? Anyway, Lord bless you. Um, we work his fields, but not for our own fame. That's a good one. We work his fields, not for our own fame. David was, was most successful when he was battling for the Lord. When he served the Lord by taking care of his sheep and protecting them against the lion and the bear, right? When he fought Goliath, not for his glory, but for God. First Samuel uh, 17, just, just before this in verse 46, when, when David faces uh, the Philistine Goliath, it, he responds this way. He says, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled this day. The Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. Why? The whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Not for my glory, but for his. Not so David could walk away with that head and say, look what I did. No, he said, look what he did. If he can do it through me, he can do it through you. He was the least, he he didn't have any military training. Just what the Lord taught him in the field. He taught him to trust in the field and all these other experienced men were just sitting around in fear. But David moved forward in faith. Because God was with him. You know, God measures our success according to our obedience, our faithfulness, and our righteousness. If we are faithful doing the work of God, you are successful in his eyes. Finally, in God's eyes, you are successful if you have faith in his son, Jesus. You are truly successful if you love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. It's a different definition of success in the world would tell you, isn't it? Verse 24 and 25, when Saul's servants told him what David had said, Saul replied, say to David, the king wants no other price for the bride than a hundred Philistine or Philistine foreskins to take revenge on his enemies. Saul's plan was to have David fall by the hand of the Philistines. Motive. Point three. Count the cost before taking the credit. (laughs) Count the cost. You know, here's the thing. Later, David would fall into the same trap. While his men would be out fighting the battle, he would stay home and struggle with lust and idolatry. He would try to protect his own name by covering up one selfish, sinful act with another. He would sleep with another man's wife, Bathsheba, and send her husband to the front lines to be killed to cover up his own crime. 
At times we want to take credit for all the good that, that God is doing in our lives, yet we avoid um, owning up to the sin that so easily entangles us. Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded, men, by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off, say it with me, everything, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. So what have you been trying to cover up? It should be at the expense of another brother. Is there something you can think of that you've been trying to cover up at the expense of, this might help, selfishness, pride, lust, idolatry. Sometimes the very thing that gets, uh, gets us upset is the very thing that we struggle with in ourselves. The thing that, that gets us upset about what somebody else is doing, I should say. You see what your brother's doing and you get, oh, I can't believe, oh, Lord, I pray you just make that thing known, Right? And Jesus said in Matthew 7, 3 to 5, he says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? <laughs> right? That's true. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your, your eye when all the time you have a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. I'm not calling anyone a hypocrite here, just so you know. But first take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll be able to clearly remove the speck out of your brother's eye. This is one thing the Lord has given me, that if I get worked up, if I get angry, I'm like, oh, Lord, oh, I can't stand that thing that's going on in their life. Oh, deal with it. Chances are I'm dealing with it. Because the speck and the plank are made out of the same thing. The sawdust and the plank of wood are all the same thing. And that's why you're sensitive to it. So check yourself before you wreck yourself. Right? Just take a moment and look in the mirror and be like, Lord, forgive me, because I should be lifting up, encouraging my brother. (laughs) Right? I should be lifting them up in prayer. Oh, yeah, there's truth in love. Don't get me wrong. If you have permission, (laughs) you don't always have permission. There's several times I have to ask people when I, I know, I know, but just because you know doesn't mean that you should say it. Or even if you do say it, that you have permission to say it. Right? And I know if I'm getting worked up about it, chances are I'm dealing with it too. So you better be able to show that same grace that God has given you to your brother as well when you speak the truth in love. You with me? Okay, verse 30, the, Phil- the Philistine commander continued to go out to battle as often as they did, and David met with more success than the rest of Saul's officer, and his name became well known. Again, Saul didn't succeed because he made his moves with the wrong motive. Remember, they're still fighting battles against the enemy, are they not? But one's doing it for the wrong reason. <laughs> to get his own credit. David was chosen by God from the very beginning and anointed by the prophet Samuel to be the next king of Israel for the very reason that Saul, because Saul was prideful and arrogant. Prideful and arrogant. And by the world's standards was picked because he was tall and he was handsome. (laughs) That's what the Bible says. Saul was tall He was handsome, he was a good-looking guy, but he struggled with pride. He struggled with pride. And David was picked because he was a man after God's own heart. The Lord specifically said to Samuel in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, but the Lord says, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You know, David would die at 
age 70, and he chooses Solomon, his son, check this out, that he had with Bathsheba, not the first one, did you know that? As his successor instead of his eldest son, Adonijah. David married the widowed Bathsheba, but their first child died as punishment from God for David's idolatry and the murder that he did to the, to the man. David repents of his sins, and Bathsheba later gives birth to Solomon. Did you know that? Solomon's greatest success came because of his sacrifice and putting God and the people before his own pleasures. You can read about it in 2 Chronicles 1, 6 to 12, how Solomon goes up and he does this sacrifice. It only required one bull, but he gave a thousand bulls. <laughs> David, only, David only needed a, a, a hundred foreskins, but he went for 200. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> you want a hundred, I'll bring you 200. But if you read down, I won't read all of it. I'd encourage you to, to, to read all of it. But if you read down at the very end of verse 11, God said to Solomon, <clears throat> after he did this big sacrifice, God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire and you have not asked for wealth, possessions, honor, nor for the death of your enemies, and since you ask for and have not asked for a long life, but this is what he asked for. After the sacrifice, the Lord says, what do you want? I'll give you whatever you want because you've asked for wisdom and knowledge. Why? To govern my people. God's people, because you've asked for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people, who I have made you to be king. Therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given to you, and I will also give you wealth. I'll also give you possessions. I'll also give you honor, such as no king has ever had before, and none after you will ever have. Can we stand to our feet, man? You knew the takeaway before I even went into it, right? Christ gets the credit. <laughs> Christ gets the credit. It's all about Jesus. It's Jesus over everything. It always has been, always will be. Just sometimes we just need that little bit of reminder. We can learn from other people's successes. We can learn from other people's mistakes. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you used a man even like David in his weaknesses and not just his strength. But we can see that when he was successful, was because you were with him and he was putting you first. Lord Jesus, let us not get caught or in the trap and the snare of looking for the, the credit, but let's give credit where credit is due and that is to you. We praise you, Lord. We praise you even in the times when things aren't going well. We praise you. We praise you even in the valley. We praise you because you will never leave us nor forsake us. And even though we walk through the, the darkest valley, we will fear no evil, for you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. You, Lord, you lead us. You guide us. You are the good shepherd. We are your sheep. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for, for the root of your word. I thank you that you are the word. We hear you, Lord. We hear you speaking through the scriptures today.
Lord, give us the strength and the boldness to walk it out. Give us that extra grace and love that we can only get from you. Lord, give us an opportunity to show it, to live it, to give it to others, Lord, not just to flow to us, but to flow through us. Lord, we honor you and we repent. We repent of the times where we have been selfish. We repent of the times when we, we are looking for our credit and trying to build our name. Lord, we repent. Forgive us. Bless my brothers. Again, Lord, thank you for blessing us today in a, in a mighty way. Thank you, Father God, for going before us, preparing a table, <laughs> even in the presence of our enemies. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. I, I, I did do something a little different here. The Lord is really uh, setting us up in this season. He's calling us to, to new levels. I don't know if you noticed that. We, we went, uh, my wife and I went to the director's meeting, and, and sometimes you get so focused on, on, on your house and what the Lord is, and he's doing amazing things here, man. Don't get distracted. That's the other word I got. But we need to realize we're part of something bigger. Our brothers and sisters go beyond here. Just even within Victory, I believe there's 69 churches in Canada, just in Canada alone, within Victory. And, and, and these churches are lifting you up in prayer. And you are influencing these churches. And then there are churches in this community that are, that are also being influenced by you. And then there's a, the people that you walk by every day, and then there are your children <laughs> and your future children. And some of you have have, call, have called like the, the, the same anointing to be a father to the fatherless is in this house. You know, and they're coming, they're coming, they're here. And I, and I thank you for that. But there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture. So God gets the glory. There's a bigger picture. We're a part of a bigger picture. And just remember to give credit where credit is due, no matter what. When the good thing happens, it's so easy to be like, oh, look what I did. <laughs> Just remember, just, just give credit where credit is. Look what God did. Look what God did. Look what God did. Look what he's doing. Uh, but on the end of the your notes there, I, I would encourage you, I want to extend uh, myself out there to serve you men in the next level of season of your calling and your influence. And if you noticed on the bottom there, if you were to answer any of those, specifically I said the last question um, is the next step. Because where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? I'm not here to play church. I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm here to do church with you, to do life with you. And if you'll notice the last thing it says, so now what? What will I commit to doing according to what I read in God's word today? If you would private message me what you'll commit to doing, I'll hold you up in prayer. I'll keep you accountable. I'll celebrate with you. But I gave you three. I even gave you my personal number on there. If you don't have my personal number, you can message me what are you going to commit to doing what are you going to commit to doing because when you do that there's accountability when you do that well it takes the enemy off but you lift up christ's name higher than your own well bless you man thank you for the extra time uh coach vince hey thanks for sticking around a little extra longer too let's just what are our next steps men online thank you for joining us pastor morris denis uh, I see Aubrey's left already. Logan and Scott down in studio. Thank you. Love you guys. 
Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time. Thank you.